1: Nine minutes after 10 o'clock, hour number two is underway. Thanks again to Peter Kersenau in hour number one. Terrific stuff there. I want to dive right into this now because there's, there's just a lot of grist for the mill here. We know what um, CRT is. If you've been listening to this program, you have listened. I've had countless numbers of guests on explaining what CRT is, the danger of it, uh, the Marxist nature of it the racist nature of it, uh, and how they hide behind terms like diversity, equity, and inclusion, making those things sound positive when they are not. Individually, maybe being equitable is a nice thing. Individually, certainly diversity is a nice thing, but when such diversity and equity and inclusion uh, is used to wepo- uh, is weaponized, rather, to uh, bludgeon one particular race or one particular demographic of people, now it's a problem. It is being used to divide, and by dividing then, of course, they proceed on to Conquering. Now, this has made its way into our schools all across this country. It's being made. It, uh, it's made its way into schools all across Northeast Ohio too. We have talked to many people from many different districts, and right now, we want to turn our attention to Solon. Now, Solon is kind of interesting. Solon uh was the center of controversy and uh, uh discussion a couple of weeks ago when a few rabble rousers on a on a message board decided to complain about the thin blue line flag, which honors fallen police officers flying over I don't know, um a police station? Yeah, they did. And then, of course, the mayor ordered the flag taken down because they don't want to offend anybody. If that gives you an idea of what woke Solon, or how woke Solon is, um, or if it doesn't give you an idea, this story will. Solon schools. Diversity and Inclusion Survey 2.0. I'm looking at the high school survey that was given in the spring of this year to all students, asking them about their race, asking them about their sexual orientation, about their identity, about whether or not they've ever felt discriminated based on any of the above, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I have similar materials in front of me from the Solon Middle Schools. Uh, and joining us now to discuss this are two parents who are fighting back uh, against the inclusion of this type of material, these types of surveys, and uh, the curricula developed from them in Solon schools. Let me welcome Ashley Kronk to our program, uh, a Solon parent who has been very loud and outspoken about this at Solon School Board meetings. Ashley, good morning. Good
2: morning. How are you?
1: I'm wonderful. Thank you. It's good to talk to you again. And uh, Catherine Catino is here as well. Catherine, good morning to you. Hi. Good
3: morning. Good morning.
1: Okay, so you are both parents, you and I have spoken, the three of us uh, have spoken uh, off the air, so I want to give a little background uh, on the air for our listeners as to, you know, your children, the ages of your children, and what uh, was the first... Um, alert that you received that this was going on in your schools and that it was something that you needed to respond to. Ashley, we'll start with you. Tell us about your kids and their ages. Obviously, you don't have to say names, but uh, their ages right. and tell tell me what was your first uh, the first you learned of this uh, disturbing material being pushed on your kids. Uh, well,
2: I have a uh, 15-year-old, almost 16-year-old um, child at the high school and um, she was actually in a middle school when all of this was presented the year before in the high school, so the middle school students were not included uh, for incoming freshmen, so she was a freshman last year. Um, We had kind of caught wind that they were going to be doing some diversity training, which, you know, her father and I didn't really think much of it because Solon is a diverse community, so we just thought, okay, it's more cultural-based things. Mm -hmm. Um, But when it was right after the first lesson, it was about stereotyping racism, discrimination, And I I believe the school was still virtual at the time. Um, She had come down after her lesson and she had, you know, told us about what the lesson was about. And she said, you know, I don't know why I should feel guilty for being white when it's beyond my control. And so, I So when you I say, Ashley,
1: if, if I may, when you say at the very beginning there, you said we caught wind of this diversity stuff going on. It wasn't announced mm-hmm. to you by the school, right? They didn't send anything home to parents saying, Hey no,
2: for us, This we is were what we're doing and we're proud of, of this.
1: They they kept it very quiet nope. from parents.
2: Yep. We we were not informed of it, her coming as an incoming freshman. We I actually am self employed and I work from home mm-hmm. and I got an email after the training, after the fact that we talked about racism, discrimination, stereotyping, these are a few questions that you can ask your children um, to continue the conversation at home. There was no information about really what the presentations were. There was no information about what the videos were. There was nothing. It was just a, a couple of generic questions, you know, um, about what they told us that that they taught our children. And so, you know, we had the discussion with our, my daughter about it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she said, really, the way that they presented the material under their own definition of discrimination, she said, I feel like they're, they're discriminating against white people. And that's what she told us. Did, did, you get
1: the sense, so, did you get the sense that it was intentional, that they were literally hiding this from parents? They kind of wanted this to be a wink-wink just between us and students?
2: Uh, yes, shortly after, because I did make a phone call. Um There were some parents that were outraged about it. Myself and a couple other parents um, had discussions about it. Uh, parents reached out and said, you know, I, I want to say something, but I'm really nervous about saying something because this is such a hot-button topic. So I actually reached out to Tamara Strom, and I explained to her that, you know, I didn't feel like this was very inclusive at all, that, you know, this is this is blaming. This is white-blaming, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And mm-hmm. she said that, you know, she didn't agree with that. Um, I said, you know, why is this not, why were we not included? Why were we not informed? And her statement was, well, we want to have organic conversations with the children. I asked her what she meant by that, and she said she did not want the children, the school didn't want the children to have any biases. They wanted to have the children's own individual thoughts so that they could come home and continue the conversation with the parents.
1: But never mind the fact that the teachers, by presenting the material in the the way that they do, or the trainers, if you will, by presenting the material the way they do, they are forming biases in those children. That's right. the thing. They just didn't <laughs> want the parents to counter it with their own uh, input as to as to what is going on here. Uh, Ashley Kronk, right. uh, uh, let me let me move over now to Catherine Catino. Catherine, tell me about your kids and what experiences they first had that led you to discovering what's going on in the schools. Yeah.
3: So my kids are nine and seven, so they are not in the high school. And mm-hmm. how I found out about it was a social media post questioning thoughts on what everyone thought of the program. And I was reading through it and I saw that there was one member of the group who is in high school and said that they did feel it was anti-white. And so that just, you know, for me, I wanted to verify. I didn't want to just assume what was being said on social media. And so um, I was hearing more that the materials were not being presented to parents despite requests. And so I reached mm-hmm. out to the principal and she shared with me that um, they, in fact, did not want the materials sent out for the purpose of having organic conversation. And when I asked if the parents were able to see the materials prior to the lesson, yeah, she thought it, it was like I had two heads. She's like, why would we do that? And I said to her, How can parents opt out? If you're telling me this is an opt out program, how can they opt out if they don't know what's in it first? And she made the comment about parents don't see what's in the curriculum at anyway. You know, if we have assemblies or they don't look at their books. And I said, Actually, yeah, they do. It's called curriculum night. And she just got very defensive. And I even spoke to the superintendent, and he said the same thing. It was for the purpose of having organic conversations. When I asked, How are parents notified? They said that the parents were not notified that they could opt out. What they did was they shared when the lessons were going to take place with students. And so my thought is any parent of a high schooler knows that if you ask your kid how their day was, they say, fine. If you say anything going on? They say, not really. And so how can they expect that communication to be shared with a parent from the student? So that had me Um, concerned.
1: Catherine, uh, Ashley just said her daughter came home and said, I don't understand why I should be made to feel, I'm paraphrasing you, Ashley, um, paraphrasing mm-hmm. her, uh, why I should be made to feel ashamed for being white when it's not my fault, much less why should there be fault with being white anyway. Did your children, younger obviously at seven and nine, have any similar type of experiences? So it's
3: not being taught in their school that I'm aware of. And the reason I'm getting involved now is because the plan is for them to go to the high school. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that I believe should be taught to children anyway, but I also didn't want my children to be an audience to it.
1: Okay. Um, I'm going to take a time out here, ladies. Uh, I want to come back and I want to talk about what your experiences have been in trying to get answers for this. You already talked about going to principals, but I know you have both been fixtures at the last couple of school board meetings. I want to find out what the school board has to say in response to your concerns and other parents' concerns about this racist, quote-unquote, anti-racist curricula. And that's what it is. It is racist against white people. Your kids are not wrong. This is why the parents, or rather the teachers, don't want the parents to get a a, a look at this kind of stuff. Because this is their goal here. It is division. And we'll talk about uh, what the school board is doing in response to this right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 1023. Let's continue now on AM 1420. The answer, we're talking about Solon School, Solon High School, and yes, even at the middle school, and we have a parent on the line with us who is, as a child in the primary grades, a 7-year-old and a 9-year-old. Uh, we're talking with Ashley Cronk and Catherine Catino. Ashley, let me go back to you before we talk about the school board, and I want to talk specifically... Okay. I want to talk specifically about the survey that uh I've uh, I've I've read uh that was given to those mm-hmm. kids and it led to what you described and I can't remember the number you told me off the air but uh a a a pretty significantly higher number than might one might expect of kids responding that yes they do feel as if there is discrimination in the school or that they have been just been discriminated against but it was after, this survey was given after a bunch of lessons and a bunch of information was presented to them that may have skewed the results of the survey. Can you tell me more about that?
2: Uh, so they, before all of this started, they went ahead and they did one survey, and that's Erin Short sent out a letter to parents, and she basically used this survey as a reason to get the program started to talk about racism. So the first survey had about 1,400 students that, participated in it and the results showed that it was like 16.7 percent of students thought that the school was racist. They described the school as racist. So after all of the lessons of xenophobia and racism and you know some of the other topics that they threw in about body image and uh, disabled the label uh, they did a survey 2.0 which only 530 students participated in and it uh, that number of racism, the students who felt the school was racist actually went up and it's like 19.3% felt that the school was racist. So um I actually wound up having a discussion with the assistant vice principal Frazier mm. and I asked him, you know, I said, you obviously looked at your own survey results. Do you feel like this program is working? And he said yes. <laughs> and I said, even though, even though the school feels that, you know, there's 19% Of students who feel that the school is racist versus last year, you know, when they, it was only 16%. And his response was, well, we can't just assume that it'll be fixed overnight. We have to continue on with these.
1: Um. That that's that's some pretty amazing information that they would skew the results of the survey like this. Basically, telling them all of these terrible things that are done to people, and then saying, "Don't you think terrible things are being done to people?" Yeah, we sure do. Uh, and that is leading to this. Yeah. Um. So so so. What? Let Let's go to the school board issue now. So you spoke to the principal. You spoke to the assistant principal. I think you just said Fraser, right? Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, you you didn't get any answers or at least you didn't get any 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 satisfaction on what is being done here, so you go to the school board let's start start from there. How many school board meetings have you attended? I know I've seen video of at least two uh was it, two? Right. Was so it the last
2: two i yes it's been i've been to the last two um i had throughout the year I had reached out to Tamara Strom. I've reached out to a couple of guidance counselors um I started talking with other parents and you know kind of watching what they were doing, and, you know, I, I was made aware that other parents had been stepping forward, and I just kind of had enough because everyone, when we were discussing things, it was, well, nobody is doing anything about it. So I went ahead and I thought, well, they offer public comment at the school board. I will go ahead and put in my public comment about it. Uh, I talked about a wide variety of issues that I have with the program. Um, I talked about, you know, the letter that Aaron Short had sent out um, in 2020 that um, that talked about you know how to be an anti-racist. Um, you know, I talked about how white people, you know, have privilege, and we need to understand where our privilege comes from. Um, which still is a very diverse community. Not everybody is from this country here. <laughs> so, um, so I talked about that. I also talked about uh, some of my issues with um, the topics of LGBTQIA that was going to be taught. And it's not that I was necessarily against it. I was worried about the label issues because they did a um, a program or a training about disabling the label but then you know my daughter has said everybody has a label at school there's non-binary there's cisgender there's queer there's gay there's you know transgender and so many and, different then, and, then all, and then all of the pronouns
1: that go along with that. Let me let me pause you right. there because I want right. to, maybe on the second, in the next segment after the break, after the news break, we'll come back and talk about that aspect of all of this. But let me sure. go back now to Catherine and stay on the CRT portion of this, uh, this mm-hmm. race theory. Um, uh, so the high school kids, as you just heard Ashley talk about, and I know you've talked about, uh, we're, were given this, um, you know, this presentation of all the different racist things and discriminations uh, that go on and then asked do you think it's a racist school? And obviously they said yes. Um, tell me about the specifics with respect to the primary grades where your kids are and what you've seen
3: so uh, again in the, in the primary grades i have not seen anything with regards to crt but what i did do is look at the materials that were posted did, did they have a
1: survey though was- i'm sorry i'm sorry hold on Catherine. did they have a survey <laughs> for the primary grades too, or was it just high school and middle
3: it was just high school and middle school.
1: Okay, sorry. I, I thought I thought they were I thought they asked the kids that as well in the primary grades. But tell me, I'm sorry. Continue with what you were saying.
3: So, so I was looking at the materials from the high school, and that's when I saw some of the lessons. The first lesson that was facilitated in September of 2020, I'm um, talking about what is racism. Racism is defined as. And I won't go into too much detail, but I will say that at the very end of the presentation, slide 32 says, "What will your role be?" Slide 33 says, "To advocate for social change," which to me doesn't sound like diversity and inclusion. It sounds like creating activism. And then the other thing was that parents, some parents were able to get a hold of the anti-racism, racism glossary of terms, and I noticed that I was not able to find that on the website. It's, you know, we were all under the impression that everything that was facilitated at school would be posted on the website. Mm -hmm. And we still have yet to see it on there. And so some of the things that really disturbed, that really bothered me was the the idea of an anti-racist. And it says the opposite of racist isn't not racist, it is anti-racist. One either allows racial inequities to to persevere as a racist or confronts racial inequities as an anti-racist. So I felt that that was very divisive. It also talked about white fragility. Where in the definition, it says that when um, a white person exhibits a a minimum amount of racial stress, they exhibit these behaviors like anger, fear, and guilt. And these behaviors, in turn, function to reinstate white racial equilibrium, which I I was shocked about. And then the last one was denial. And it says, those who are in a stage of denial tend to believe, quote,
2: people are people. We are all alike regardless of the color of our skin.
1: Okay, uh, Catherine, we're talking with Ashley Cronk and Catherine Catino of Solon Schools. Uh, Ashley is a high school parent. Catherine is a primary school parent. But all of the schools in Solon Schools are being prepared for critical race theory, some sooner than others. We're going to continue this discussion and find out what uh, responses they are getting from the school board and what the next step is going to be. I can tell you this. If you have friends who are Solon parents, if other Solon parents are listening right now, they need numbers. They need numbers. One or two very justified activist parents can be ignored. Dozens cannot. And I hope people are listening, and I hope you're ready to contact these ladies and others who are pushing back against this. Your kids' futures depend on this. Nobody should be promoting racism in public schools and that is exactly what critical race theory does it promotes racism in these public schools it intentionally divides blacks from whites or privileged from oppressed as it is uh, termed in critical race theory and we'll continue right after this
0: warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Answer. Okay,
1: 1035. Now we continue with uh, a couple of guests who are very important right now because they're parents who care enough to act. Uh, And this is... That's not being overstated. Um, There are a lot of parents that I know that would like to act. Um, when it comes to the curricula that their kids are, are facing, uh, when it comes to movements in schools, when it comes to, um, you know, woke politics being injected into education, and they can't speak out and they can't act because they're afraid of being canceled. If you speak out against CRT or DEI, which is Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, you're going to be branded a racist or a bigot or a prejudiced or something because who could possibly be opposed to diversity? Well, it's not about being opposed to diversity or equity or inclusion. Those are positive things. But the movement that they represent is a very dangerous thing. And people who speak out against them have found themselves canceled. So we're looking for a few brave souls. Uh, Sadly, today is the last day that you can run for school board or announce your run for school board. You had to have petitions filed uh, by today. Hopefully we have some reasonable people who are moving to take seats on school boards in various locations across Northeast Ohio or across Ohio, quite frankly, in general uh but um you know a lot of parents as i say they're afraid of being canceled for stepping up and speaking out on behalf of what is right in these schools well these two parents are courageous and i want to give them some support katherine catino and ashley cronk are back with us now from solon school so uh i can't remember who i left off with ashley i'm going to go back to you though and talk about this at the high school level we talked a moment ago about the You know, taking your message to the school board, and it's about more than just CRT. What you have uh, been exposed to through your daughter, who came home asking why she's supposed to be ashamed for being white. It's not just about the race. You talked about labeling a few moments ago. And your daughter has confirmed that there are labels for everybody in Solon schools. And I'm presuming that if you don't comply and use all of those labels, you are in, you know, you are going to be in jeopardy. So can you tell us more about that?
2: Uh, so, they had a lesson. It was called Disable the Label. Um, and then they also had a lesson about ableism. Um, so, like, the ableism portion <clears throat> was supposed to let the children know about uh, disabilities. And I know that is one topic that my daughter actually wound up speaking out about. She was on a, it was through Zoom. Um, and I believe they were it was still a virtual at the time because she was telling us that, you know, she wound up speaking out to about 80 kids because it, she really, was upset about the topic because the way that they were presenting it was, well, if someone has a disability, you need to be able to identify that. And, you know, not everybody with a disability wants to be identified by that. Um, and she actually did speak out because she has, um, you know, I have other children who technically, according to the state of Ohio, have disabilities. But in our household, we did not emphasize that. We remind them that, you know, life is not going to slow down because you have something that is, holding you back a little bit, we have to keep moving forward, we have to keep pushing on. And she basically, you know, had said that and she told them that, you know, why when I look at somebody, I don't look at them by their by their disability. I look at who they are as a person. You know, they're artistic or, you know, they're great with math or, you know, they're um you know, they enjoy certain hobbies. She said, I don't look at somebody by what they have, you know, I don't understand why we have to necessarily identify that um, so there's there's a number of of things that are going on just besides the CRT. Um, you have that, then you have you know lots of kids who are transgender. They identify as a different gender identity. Um, you know she had talked to us about you know it was really important that we need to give these students um, their correct pronoun. And I kind of turned around, I looked at her, I said, "What are you talking about?" And she said, "Well, it's very disrespectful if you don't give them their pronoun that they want." And so when I actually went out to the school board, you know, we had a healthy conversation about it. When I went to the school board about it, um, you know, I, I told them that I felt that they were cultivating a racist and sexualized environment. And part of the reason why is because, you know, they're, they're known as the alphabet mafia, so to speak. You know, there's so many people that have various labels within the school. And I wanted to know what the school board and what the, what the superintendent was going to do about it. And there was nothing, there was nothing done. Nobody reached out to me. Nobody talked to me about it. Um, I had got wind of some of the other lessons for next year. One of the topics was LGBTQIA slash sexuality. Um, my, my daughter had got wind of it. And so she was familiar with it. And part of the reason why she wanted some of that to be taught was because she, there's a lot of negative language happening in the hallways. Um, they're calling each other names. They're, using derogatory terms and you know I asked her so why isn't the staff doing anything about it because really when you take a step back Bob they want to break this all down between CRT and you know all these labels and terms but really when you take a step back it's it's bullying everything that's being taught everything you know with white blaming and all this other stuff it's it's bullying and that's really in my opinion what they're I don't want to say promoting but you know there's a bullying policy and i don't understand why the staff can't enact that
1: well and i, I think i think that's a very said- i think that's a very uh a difficult thing though because what you just said a moment ago about the requiring of pronouns and so on and so forth. If someone refuses to call an obvious male a Z or a Z instead of he or him uh, or whatever the case might be, they're going to be accused of bullying. You didn't give him his proper respect and pronouns and all of this nonsense that flies in the face of everything that we know about the English language. Uh, you know, Plurals are plurals and, and singulars are singulars and there is no such thing as a Z or an X, E or whatever and telling kids that they have to memorize these things for whatever kids decide. They're going to be trendy today and say, I identify as blank. Um, is foolish, and then when kids don't go along with the game uh, and provide f- affirmation for such things, they'll be the ones who are being called the bullies. And so that's a problem here. I think we need to keep our eye on the goal here of what CRT is, which does include LGBTQ or the LGBTQ mafia or the alphabet mafia. Let me go back to Catherine. I'll get back to, down to the uh, younger grades. Uh, are there lessons that you are finding out about, and, and quite frankly not just lessons but the culture in the school, that are inappropriate from that standpoint at the primary level, Catherine, speaking to the LGBTQ movement and all of the different agendas that are involved with it, is that something that you're finding at the lower levels too?
3: Not that I'm aware of right now at the lower levels, but my concern is that at the June 7th board meeting during the public comments, uh, the PTA parents spoke out and mentioned that they wanted this. They referred to it as CRT, actually, which was ironic. None of us called it critical race theory. They referred to their work both on June 7th as well as on June 30th, that it was critical race theory. And on June 7th, they were advocating that this be brought down to the middle school and the elementary school level. And so now that the survey went out this past January to the middle school, that has Mm -hmm. me extremely concerned.
1: Uh, And I think rightfully so. Um, So let's talk about what the the game plan is from here in the time that we have left. Um, Mm -hmm. You have approached the school board. When is the next school board meeting?
3: Monday,
1: August 16th at 8 a.m. August 16th yeah. at 8 a.m. So tell me what the plans are there. Are You plan to go back with, with just you know more of the same uh, concerns that you have already expressed? Will there be something new? And moreover, um, do you see this movement of parents willing to join you growing? And that was kind of the reason I wanted to have you both on. Uh, as I said, I, I salute you both for your courage. Uh, and I know there are a lot of people who would like to be courageous alongside of you, but they're worried about perhaps losing their, you know, their their means of support. Um, you know, if, if they get canceled for for being accused of something that they're not. So, um, what's what's the goal at the eight sixteen meeting? Will there be more of you? And what do you plan to do? You can go ahead and continue there,
4: Catherine.
3: Yeah, so we're going Ah. to continue to discuss that. Um, I know me personally, I think it's important to really just continue to talk about the material because right now what we're hearing from those that are for the program, they seem to still be under the impression that it's just about teaching respect and it's about learning about other cultures. And so I'm going to continue to talk about what the actual documents are. You know, one parent had mentioned that You know, this is because of the conservative media and it's happening all across the country and school boards are ground zero for this. And, you know, really what I want to emphasize is that it has nothing to do with what's going on outside of Seoul. And I'm talking specifically about these materials and why I object to them.
1: And that's fair, and that's good to know. What I want to know is, are you going to be given those materials ahead of time? Now, you, one of you, I can't remember, talked about a curriculum curriculum night where, you know, you can learn about what your kid's going to be taught and so on and so forth. But do they present everything there? Do they adjust on the fly? Do they, you know, present something in the second quarter that they didn't tell you about on curriculum night at the start of the school year? And can you get that information? Because I think that's crucial to all of this. It's my opinion that too many in the education associations, they're talking about the unions and and quite frankly the boards too feel as though teachers are supposed to substitute their judgment for parents judgment we know more than moms and dads do we'll take care of this moms and dads you just stand to the side don't ask us what we're doing we don't need to tell you what we're doing we're the professionals here that's a concern that I have do you do you get the same feeling uh yes
2: I will tell you that at the next school board meeting that for me personally, Catherine has what she's going to do, but for me personally, um, I, my my biggest issue is transparency. Um, you know, not only, I mean, they're teaching things for kids that there are a lot of parents that aren't okay with. Um, you know, and, and my concern is instead sort of creating an environment for the students who feel just 100% accepted. I mean, you could be a table at the school and the teacher will be okay with it. but I don't believe parents really know what's happening in the schools. For many years as parents, we've just, decided to trust the schools and say, okay, you know what, this is a a great school district. Many people move here because of the school district. We trust the school district. Well, you can't trust the school district. You you can't anymore. You have to be involved. You have to, and and you, parents have always, you know, should have been involved. But, you know, I have requested, and I've talked to the superintendent Bolden about it. I've talked to uh, Frazier about it, and I have demanded that this this information be released ahead of time. I've demanded that this needs to be an opt-in program. I've been told that it's not going to be an opt-in program; that they're going to continue on with the program. Um, Tamra Strom has said that they're going to continue on with the program, but I'm not stopping until I at least feel like we're getting some headway with it. Because um, you know, this is information that parents need to be made aware of. And if you are not okay with your children learning CRT, then you need to be able to, to ask their children out. Because when these emails, this information that they said that they released, who checks their email at one o'clock in the afternoon? You know Who checks their email right. at 11 o'clock in the afternoon and say, oh, by the way, this lesson was done, um, ask these following questions to continue the conversation. There's no information in there about opting out. And when I talked to Frazier about it, I said, what am I supposed to do, just call you and tell you I don't want my kid to be a part of it? Yes. I said, so it's not going to work, because how do I know when you're going to teach this? How do I know that? Because I don't know. And if I opt my child out, then it goes back to my kid being bullied, because well, my kid's walking out when everyone is staring at her, because... You know, either the parents don't want her to be involved, or she's going to be racist, or something. Exactly. Carol and I said, you need to have this be an opt-in program. And you know, we actually, the parents have got together. We've formulated a group, and one of the demands that we had, and we actually discussed it last night, was to be able to present the board with a petition of demanding the information and all materials to be presented to parents thirty days ahead of time with an opt-in, opt-out, opt-out form, and that if you're if you don't turn it in, you know, by X, X date, then your child will automatically be opt out and not included. So there is, we are in the process of formulating a plan and getting that together. And I believe that that is what we will be presenting at the next school board meeting. Um, but I, I want you to know that, you know, parents need to be involved. You need exactly. to understand what your kids are being taught. And that is the most important thing right now, because it, it is a form of indoctrination. And when you don't, when the parents don't know What their kids are being taught and you just kind of go fly by night. You know, your kids are being indoctrinated with information that you're not talking to them about. So
1: well that's exactly the reason i wanted to have you on because we like i said you know i mean a board or an administration can ignore one or two noise making parents they can't they can't ignore dozens of them especially if the you know the, the the ramifications are significant enough and i'm not suggesting that everybody should threaten to pull their children out but in all seriously seriousness if they find out that dozens and dozens of families are very upset about this it, it will dawn on them you know this is a concern this is a concern because we could start to lose enrollment uh there is a massive increase in homeschool. There are massive it is a massive right. increase in private and parochial school enrollments uh because of these kinds of things. So uh you need more people there. So that's the reason I wanted to have you on. I wanted more Solon parents to hear you. Uh and I know I'm sure you are probably talked about in a lot of uh, parent groups that are there, but I want some of them to um you know have the courage to step up and join you and and uh and and do something that is going to actually have an impact rather than just complain about it amongst themselves. Catherine I'll go right. back to you for your for your thoughts on that.
3: Yeah, we could use um, any more parents that want to speak out, and we also have individuals that will speak out on their behalf if they want to submit anything anonymous. We did create a group email for individuals if they wanted to reach out. It's Solon CTA, that's Solon Community for Transparency and Accountability, SolonCTA at gmail.com um, if they want to learn more.
1: Well, that is uh, extraordinarily important. I hope people do want to learn more, and I hope they will join this. Let me ask you just real quick, uh, Ashley. This is not something that is yep. on the table in Solon, but it's just a general conversation point. Uh, tell me if you agree with it. I, I, I'm calling for cameras in, in classrooms. And I'm calling for it not to videotape the kids, which, of course, people would object to, but cameras mounted on the ceiling pointed directly at the teacher's desk or the t- place of teacher instruction so that we can, you know, you as parents can have a login code, a passcode, or whatever, so at any point you can check and see what your kids are being told, how your kids are being treated. Um, I, I feel like that's the only way, because these, hey, we're going to have curriculum night, or, hey, you're, my, my office is always open. You can come in and ask me anything you want to do, you know, schedule a conference time those are sanitized those are whitewashed you know they can they can say well this is what we're doing it all they want but it's different than what the kids are being exposed to and the kids are being told by the parents not or by the teachers not to tell their parents what they're doing and what they're talking about because it'll get away in the organ, uh, of the organic conversation between them i feel as though public school employer excuse me Government employees, which public school teachers are, teaching in government buildings, which is what schools are, um, taxpaying parents have a right to see exactly what is going on in those buildings. Any thoughts on that, Ashley?
2: I I don't disagree with what you're saying, Bob, because actually there were parents that suggested that. And here's what I hear when I have a parent ask me, you know, what do you think about having cameras in a classroom? Mm -hmm. I hear that parent that has lost so much trust in the school system that they feel that there is no other way to know what is happening with their children other than having a camera in in, in the classroom. And that really, that statement alone needs to be addressed. I mean, the school needs to hear that. They need to understand that the trust in the school district has been shattered to the point that parents are requesting cameras in the classroom. I am not opposed to having that information. I know that you will not uh, most likely, you will not get all of the solemn parents to jump on board with that because they're worried about you know the safety of their children, x, y, and z. But right. that is something that's very important that the school needs to understand. and and parents can when i was when I spoke with Fraser, when I talked to Tamara Strom, I got the whole conversation of, oh, we wanted to all be inclusive. We're so sorry that you feel this way. blah, blah, blah. Well I was informed was that anyone who has a concern, you are able to opt your child out, you can call. The administration, you can call the school board, you can call the superintendent. And if you want cameras in the classroom, you call, you email, you call, and you email, and you do not let up until you get an answer. Because that's the only way you're going to be able to get through to them. And I know that when I had a concern about next year's lesson, it was coupled with LGBTQIA slash sexuality. You know, in my mind, I went to the definition of sexuality, and it's talking about the act of having sex. What, you know, what is this? And it took Frazier 20 days to respond to me, but he finally did respond to me. Mr. Golden said that, you know, we don't promote a sexualized environment. So I sent him the information showing, okay, well, this is the subcommittee, this is the topic of what it's being labeled. Now, what do you have? All and right. his response was, I have to get back to you.
1: Of course, of so, course. Well, listen, um, and he listen, Ashley.
2: We're,
1: we're out of time here. Uh, I want to thank you both for coming on and doing this very important, con- having this very important conversation and doing the very important work you're doing. And we'll wrap it by saying, I think transparency is the most important thing. And the reason yeah. we know this for a fact is because that's what they fear the most. They fear you knowing yeah. what's going on and talking to your kids and interfering with what they are trying to indoctrinate them with. And that's why we have to fight for that transparency. Right. Soul and Parents, right. contact right. Uh, Catherine Coutinho know and uh, ashley cronk see them talk to them join them be a part of taking your schools back uh, from some very very dangerous ideas ladies thank you both for your time today
3: thank
1: you bob uh, Ten we'll wrap it up after this Okay, short segment to wrap it at 1057. Uh, John and Chardon has been hanging on all morning long through my interviews (laughs) and everything else. You are a testament to persistence, my friend. Go right ahead.
4: (laughs) Well, it isn't because I was just sitting here on the phone. I've been doing other things while I've been waiting. But anyway, uh, you and many others on our side have been pointed out that with this administration, it is Barack Hussein Obama that is behind the scenes pulling the strings for his puppet uh, Biden. If that's true, and there are many indicators that it is, mm. then it would be reasonable to assume that we have what we have here with all these killings, shootings, riots, and the rest, rest of it, they're inspired by Islamic terrorist movement to actively take down our country from within. And you can say, well, why don't we have the FBI investigate? The problem is that aren't we seeing signs that the FBI, CIA, and other intelligence agencies have already been infiltrated and taken over by Islamic extremists?
1: Well, uh... Short answer is yes. We have a, a, absolutely learned that. No, you're you're right, and that's why I don't think we can necessarily trust those institutions in aging. And thank you, John, for the call. Obviously, I don't have a ton of time to respond in depth here because we're out of it. But uh, uh, but it's a very good question, and yes, you're right about the Obama you know uh, factor here. Look, I think the I think the Democrat Party, in terms of a public face, is literally without one. Joe Biden is just just inches away from crawling back into his cocoon and going to sleep, maybe forever. Kamala Harris is hated by left and right. She's so awful. They have no face. Unless it's going to be AOC, they're still clinging to Barack Obama for leadership. And I think uh, that's, that's a very accurate statement. That's all the time we've got. Thank you so much to my guests. Thanks to you for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.